On this episode of the Resetter Podcast, I bring you Jim Quick. So hopefully you know this guy. He has written a book called Limitless. He has trained professional athletes, uh, high-powered CEOs of Silicon Valley, celebrities, all on how to maximize their brain power and literally become limitless. And he has so many good brain exercises that we can use to improve the power of our mind. He has a new book that's come out. It's Limitless Expanded. We will leave the the link in the notes. You can order it on anywhere that you can buy books right now. And what you're going to hear in this episode is so awesome because I wanted to ask him how we can improve brain power specifically for women over 40. And men, don't don't pop off because there's a lot here for you as well. But where Jim and I geeked out together on is the brain changes that happen to women after 40 and what we can do to navigate things like loss of memory, changes in our focus, brain fog. And we put it all, all of his teachings through this lens of how do we help perimenopause and menopausal women and postmenopausal women with improving their brain's capacity, not only for memory, not only for love and happiness, but for learning new information. I loved this conversation with Jim, and there's so many great exercises that we can all apply right away. So Jim Quick, I hope you love this one as much as I loved talking to him and then applying many of the exercises he teaches I applied the very next day, and they're spot on. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. Enjoy. Hey, Dr. Mindy here, and welcome to season four of the Resetter Podcast. Please know that this podcast is all about empowering you to believe in yourself again. If you have a passion for learning, if you're looking to be in control of your health and take your power back, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy. Hey, Resetters, as we step into the new year, I am so thrilled to invite you on an extremely transformative journey with me in my Reset Academy. So check this out. If you're ready to kickstart your fasting and health journey, which I know so many of you have reached out to us and asked how you customize a fasting lifestyle for you, my Reset Academy is the absolute best place to be. So here's what you get in the Academy. And I like to think of it in terms of a complete picture. So imagine being surrounded by people who understand your journey, who are passionate for fasting, who want to lift you up and will support you every step of the way. My Academy is not just me, my team, but it is an incredible group of people that are all dedicated to building fasting lifestyles and supporting each other in it. This is why I created the Reset Academy. So when you join, you gain access to all the exclusive calls where my team and I share the latest insights, we answer your burning questions, and we guide you towards your health goals. That's not it. We didn't stop there. By becoming a member, you're not just investing in a membership, but you're investing in yourself. I am such a fan of setting you up to win this year. 
and my academy is the best place I know to do that. I want to keep you focused. I want you to customize this for you, and I want you to succeed at your health goals this year. End of story. So if you're ready to unlock your fullest potential and embrace a fasting lifestyle, join me. If it feels good, join me. And let's make this year an incredible year for us all. So all you got to do is go visit drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy to become a member. I can't wait to welcome you. I can't wait to see you on the Zoom calls. I can't wait to be in community with you. And most importantly, let's get your health goals handled and let's do this together. It's so much better together. Together. So that's drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy. Excited to see you there. Okay, so the first thing I have to say is welcome to my podcast. No, oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. You know what? I, I actually think of all the organs and body systems that I study, uh, the brain is the most fascinating. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure people say this all the time, but there's I can't think of anything more intriguing to unpack than how our brains work. And uh, you yeah. probably feel the yeah, same. Yeah, I feel like people are you know they're excited about going out in space, but I'm, I'm very curious about this inner space yeah. between our ears. You know, we hear about people you know, technology, and we're always upgrading our phones and our apps and our yeah. devices. But when's the last time we took time to upgrade this technology? Yeah. You know, the and human do, you, mind. do you think this, uh, this is just a curious question? Of all that we know about the brain, how much do you think we actually know? Like, if you were to give it a percentage, like, yeah. of all, if you put all the geniuses in one room? <laughs> I mean, I think we're discovering more and more. Uh, I think we discovered more in the past 20 years than the previous 2,000 years combined. Mm. Okay. So I feel like, you know, the more we know, sometimes we realize the, the like, little we know. Yes. You know, but the brain is such a fascinating, like, black box. You know, the reason why I always wear a brain, if people are watching this on video, if they happen to be watching it on video, I'm wearing a shirt with a brain on it. Um, on social media, I'm always pointing to my brain. Yes. But the reason why is because what you see, you tend to tend to take better care of because it's in your awareness. You see your clothing, you see your car, you see your hair, your skin, because, you know, you're, you're conscious about it. But we don't see the thing that, you know, that takes care of us, our, yeah. our own brain. So I just love, uh, I really want people to, to know their brain, yeah. to, uh, to love their brain, to trust their brain, and to use their brain. Do you think that healing the brain is difficult because you have to use the organ that you're trying to heal is the one that you have to use <laughs> to heal it. It's fascinating, right? The brain is the is the organ that named itself, right? Yeah. It, you know, it came up. You know, <laughs> That's right. Kind of thinking about it out loud. Um, yeah, the brain is uh, it, it's it's fascinating. You know, I had a traumatic talk about healing. I had a traumatic a TBI traumatic brain injury when I was five years old, mm. and because of it, I had learning difficulties. I was put in special education. Uh, I delayed, you know, processing issues, yeah. focus, memory. It took me three years longer to learn how to read. You know, I remember defining moment when I was nine years old. I was being teased for slowing the class down because I just couldn't keep up. Mm. And a teacher came to my defense and she pointed to me in front of the whole class and said, "Leave that kid alone. That's the boy with the broken brain." Ugh. You know, and that uh, well intentioned, but it was just yeah. I didn't realize that's when I internalized this idea. And that label became my my limit. And so, you know, and at the same time, when I was seven, I lost my grandmother to Alzheimer's and she was my primary caregiver. You know, wow. my parents immigrated here. They had many jobs, but she was taking care of me. And so just to, for people who haven't had a family member, you know, with brain aging challenges, it was just, especially when you're like five, six, seven years old, 
you know, she would call me by my father's name or forget, Mm. repeat something she just said, not even 30 seconds ago. So it was very confusing for me, Yeah, you know, but it put me on a path, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's, um, do you think, and this is again, just a personal curiosity is when we look at people who we deem like intelligent in our society, we tend to look at them as the ones that can take the test the best and they can get the fanciest degrees. But the more I live on this planet, the more I realize that some people that are the biggest geniuses in the world are ones that would actually fail a test, but they are so creative and can think outside the box that nobody would have ever thought to, to create whatever they, they had created. Do we, do you think the brain learns in different ways for different people? I, I do. I, um, so this is my, uh, 32nd year of coaching people to have better brains. Mm. And this is my life's mission because I had the broken brain. I want to build better, brighter brains, no, yeah. no, no brain left behind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so in, in our coaching, we actually have for the past few years, a way of personalizing people's, uh, training based on their specific brain type. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Just like there's personalized medicine based maybe about around genetics or personalized nutrition based on someone's microbiome. I, f- I figured out that there are, there are four brain types. And, uh, and this is, I'm really excited about this, you know, because we put the research in, in the new book. I was going to say, this is the new book. Yeah. That, yeah I love this So idea. it's um, Limitless Expanded. The first one did, you know, very well. I'm very proud of the work. It's kind of like an owner's manual for your brain. Mm-hmm. And it really focuses on accelerated learning and how to read faster, focus better, improve your memory, and so much more. But um, so I, I pulled to create this assessment. And I, and I can't wait for you and your team to do it also as well. We will. Yeah, it's uh, only a four-minute quiz. And it's kind of like, you know, how some people take quizzes like uh, which Game of Thrones character or Harry Potter yeah. you know, school. Um, this one is uh, I pulled from uh, personality types like Myers-Briggs. I was inspired by various sciences and psychologies, um, left brain, right brain, lateralization, mm-hmm. dominance theory, um, learning styles. Some people like to learn visually, auditory, kinesthetic, multiple intelligence theory out of Harvard uh, mm-hmm. from Howard Gardner. And so all these different inspired this. And I realized there's a brain code for all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's C-O-D-E, which is the acronym. Perfect. And the C is and I made them fun animals. The C is the cheetah. So the cheetah are the fast actors. And as people listen to this, we put the quiz, the quiz free online. Mm-hmm. We used to sell it to companies, uh, but you could have it free. It's just at mybraininimal.com. There's nothing to buy, and you get a detailed report uh, based on your learning style. So the first one is the fast-acting cheetah. And these are people who adapt very quickly. They're mm. strong, uh, strong intuition, mm. you know, also as well. Um, they, they're very dynamic. The O are the owls, and mm. these are your logical individuals. They love data. They love facts and figures and formulas. Um, you know, they, they, they love to, they make decisions differently than a cheetah in terms of how they live, how they eat, um, how they invest, you know, because it's based on their thinking style. The D are your dolphins and these are your creative visionaries. These are people who could see a vision, uh, you know, of, of, of their business or their life, maybe where other people can't see it. They have great pattern recognition. They're Mm. wonderful problem solvers. They're very creative. And then finally, the E are your elephants, and these are your empaths. Mm. These are the people that hold, you know, communities together. They love collaboration. Uh, while a lot of people like learning solo, they love to learn social, mm. you know, also as well. And if you think about these different uh, characters, if you will, it also you see them in pop culture. 
Like, I don't know, like I mentioned Harry Potter, like Harry Potter would be a cheetah, right? Just going out there, very dynamic, you know, going on, on impulse and intuition. Uh, Hermione, you know, she, she would be the researcher. She's the owl, right? Reading all those books, very astute. Yeah. Um, I think Hagrid who held the, 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 the friends together is really the, the elephant, you know, Dumbledore, the leader is the visionary, you know, wrestler, but you see that everywhere. You can take Star Trek, you can take any, you know, in any, any pop culture that you relate to. And we, it's, it's interesting as many, we had our team go through it and like a hundred percent of the people on our team that are in customer support and experience, they are elephants. You know, they're, oh my they're, they're there to serve. They have high levels of empathy yeah. and, you know, they help their community managers. So that's, you know, our, our CFO is, a is an owl. And, oh, and you want that person, good. no doubt. <laughs> yeah, that was a good numbers, choice. Right. Yeah. And you don't want them necessarily to be super creative, but you want them to really. And so it's, it's interesting, you know, our CEO, Alexis, for 17 years, she's, she's our creative visionary. She's a dolphin, mm. right? So everybody has their place. So you're getting right people on the bus, but you're making sure everyone's sitting in the right seats also. Can you be like, when I just yeah. hear it uh, explained that way, I see a little bit of myself yeah. in all of that. Yeah. When you, when you take the quiz, you'll, you'll get a, a primary and ah. also a secondary. Okay. And it's interesting because it's like with people, it's like I realized after a few decades that it's not how smart we are. It's how are we, how are we smart? Yeah. It's not how smart your, your significant other is yeah. or your team. It's how are they smart? And every, everyone has a preferred way of, you know, uh, exhibiting that genius. Just like yeah. if you use your right hand, doesn't mean you don't use your left hand. Right. Right. And people tend to stay in their animal type, but they certainly through discipline and training could get better in other areas that they're that they're not as strong. It would be really interesting, I'm sure. I, I must have the visionary one in me. Was that the yeah, dolphin? Yeah. Dolphin, yeah. yeah. I resonate a bit with that because where I go now with what you're saying is I think well, gosh, they should do, teach this in schools. Like, yeah. what if you went into an elementary school and you identified what anim- brain yeah. animal or brain type you were, and then you sat in classes accordingly? Because yeah. I can tell you as as whatever brain type I am, I never did great with just give me a bunch of information, let me regurgitate mm. it back. I always had to ask why. Like, why would that be? Yeah. And once I could solve the why, it stuck in my brain because it made sense. But if you just mm. needed me to shove a bunch of information in and regurgitate out, I, I, I was really bad at that. Yeah. And you're not alone because most people, the human brain doesn't learn best through consumption. It actually learns better through creation and, mm. co- and co-creation. You know, it's, it's, you can't, it's, the, it's not like your teachers could push information inside somebody's mind, you know, but certainly people can pull that information and in when it's relevant to them. Right. Right. And then be able to create with it and pull it out also as well. But right. I always thought it was interesting in school, much like a lot of, you know, your expertise, it's not, it's not taught, it's absent in their right. in the curriculum. You know, for me, I realized that the school teaches you what to learn, math and history, science, Spanish, but there are zero classes on how to learn those subjects. Yeah. There's no class called focus, like going to somebody, a child or any, any age or stage saying focus or study. That's like going to somebody saying, play the ukulele, who's, who's never taken a class on how to do that. Right. It's just assume we know how to do these things right. So there's no focus or concentration or creativity or problem solving, financial literacy, but even memory. You know, yeah. I always thought it was strange because it's not just rote memorization because that's not what we teach at all. It's just a very inefficient way of 
taking information. And I'm sure when you were going through school, like, you know, you had to repeat things over and over oh, yeah. again, you know, until your mind just submits and says, okay, I realize this is important, but it's, yeah. a, it's not a very um, efficient way of learning, yeah. right? Um, you know, it hasn't changed a lot. They say, you know, we live, especially in this area, you know, an age of, I see, you know, see these autonomous electric cars, you know, they're developing yeah. technology to go to Mars, but our vehicle of choice when it comes to learning is often like a horse and carriage, yeah. Or, you know, horse and buggy. And it hasn't, it hasn't improved as much as the world has evolved. Right. You know, right. and so, you know, yeah. when, when I'm writing, I'm writing on this on brain optimization, how to optimize your sleep and, and, and the best brain foods and all these, uh, I mean, mental hygiene things, but also real strategies on something called meta learning, mm. the, the science and art of learning how to learn. I think that if there's one skill that anyone who's watching or listening can master, is, is our ability to learn rapidly and then translate that learning into action. Yeah. Because if you can learn how to focus and understand and read and comprehend and remember everything and implement, you can apply that towards anything. Medicine, right. you know, money, marketing, yes. management, martial yes. arts, Mandarin, everything gets easier. Because you have a formula now. Yeah. So that like the book is, is, you know, almost all methodology on how to do these things, you know, because I, I just wanted to, they say that we're best suited to serve the person we once were. Right. Ooh, you know, and well for me, said. yeah, I, I was that kid that had a lot of doubt, a lot of fear, a lot of embarrassment, didn't have the skills, you know, yeah. thought I was, you know, not smart enough. So, you know, I, I you know, we create our programs, our podcasts, our, our courses, you know, our books, you know, around supporting that person. Because right now it's yeah. tough. I was going to ask you, like, yeah. what do you think's happening with all the, the information know. that's coming in? Is that like, yeah. are our brains overloaded? Yeah, I don't think our brains evolved to be, you know, bombarded. Mm. You know, we have unfeathered access to the world's information. I mean, we have more access to information than Clinton did when he was in office, That's right? Crazy it's just, and, and I just, you know, especially the context switching when we're scrolling and doom scrolling, like it's going from this to this, to this, and you're lighting up different parts of our brain. Obviously, there's this huge, you know, mm -hmm. uh, dopamine. And yeah, I don't. I don't think it, it is. I think sometimes it's important to disconnect to reconnect. But there, the four areas I talked about. In the book, I talk about the four horsemen of the, the mental apocalypse. Mm. And it's, uh, you know, these challenges that technology didn't necessarily cause, but it has amplified tremendously. Mm. So the first one's digital deluge. So, you know, I'm talking to the person who's listening right now. How many people feel like there's too much information and too little time? Yeah. Like keeping up with everything is like taking it's a sip totally of water me. out of a fire hose. Yeah, it's right? totally me. Yeah. And there's health consequences. They call it mm. information anxiety or information fatigue syndrome, mm. higher blood pressure, compression of leisure wow. time, more sleeplessness, right? Because we're just drowning in information. So the amount of information is doubling at dizzying speeds, you know, but the but how we learn it and read it and understand it hasn't changed at all. So that growing gap creates wow. that stress and, and anxiety. The second one is digital distraction. So you have digital deluge, which is the overload. Digital distraction is how do you maintain your concentration in a world full of rings and pings and dings yes. and app notifications, social media alerts, right? And so we're driven to distraction and we wonder why we can't focus when you know we need to be present for a family member or you know in a job interview you know, right. or with our team. And so, um, can yeah, I ask you a question yeah. on that before we go on to the other ones? Because I've thought about this a lot in how I organize my week. I have decided that, like, like today, I I did a podcast earlier. You're here. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very focused on yeah. human interaction. It allows yeah. my brain to calm. But if I was, I'm also in the middle of writing my next book. 
Right. And if I had to go do a podcast, write my book, come back, do another yeah. podcast, then, you know, answer some emails, I find that I get more distracted if the what I have on my calendar that day yeah. is a bunch of different types of of brain requirements. Yeah. Yeah, that's a wonderful way of and it's 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 great that you naturally came up you know, like organically with that for yourself because you know, we do that also where we where we uh, bucket our days based on mm-hmm. the activity because when you're going through and you're task switching throughout the day, you know, if you're if you're doing email, part of your brain is is lit up, right? That cognitive right. web for that what you need to perform for. And then in order to go from that to something else, right to to talk to do a podcast to anything you have to light up a different part of your brain right so number one when people are trying to multitask right really they lose three things they they lose time the thing mm-hmm. they think they're gaining they're losing mm-hmm. because it could take 5 10 15 minutes to regain your focus from mm-hmm. going from one task to another the second thing is um and I get to work with a lot of surgeons surgeons have been shown to make more errors during surgery when they're trying to multitask Right. It's, it's similar to somebody driving and, and, and texting, right? Yeah. They're going to they're going to make they're going to get more likely experience an accident. And if that wasn't a reason just to focus on one thing at a time, what I wanted to allude to, what you're alluding to, is um, the third reason besides losing time and making mistakes is energy, because it takes mm-hmm. an immense amount of, of 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 brain glucose to be able to switch from this to this to this. Yeah. People wonder why nowadays they feel burnt out or they feel mentally fatigued, right? Because they are going through and using a lot of brain. Because your your brain is only what two percent of your body mass, right. but it requires twenty percent, and it's it's an energy hog. Yes, you know. Yes. And so a lot of people are just tired, and part of it is because they don't do what you're saying in terms of chunking their activities. Not everybody can do that, right? Right. But to the degree we understand the principle, there's a promise. Yeah. Like even for me, even if I don't like, I tend to film all mine in one day, so I can stay in that mode. Yeah. And I stay off my phone because it tends to distract me, so mm. at least I get through. Um, and sometimes like in a day I'll break it up like morning, afternoon, evening, like for example, um, what, one of the things I'll do if I'm home and I don't have certain things, I will be, I will, the first part of the day I'll create and my brain is just, I, I, I don't, that. I don't even yeah. want input. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you were with with writing your books for me. I was most creative in the morning. Me too. You know, yeah, absolutely. Is there a reason for that? Cause it, sometimes I'll get up at three and start yeah. writing. Yeah, and some people have also found it, you know, in an idiosyncratic way because there's something calm where everyone else is sleeping and, you know, and you have this time. But for me, in the morning, I don't want input, so I don't go on my phone or everything. And I'm not saying it's easy, but this is, I don't, and I don't expect people to follow this directly, but just understand the principle. So for the morning, I create. And so that's, that's I'm in flow, right? I'm just, right. I'm creating. In the afternoon, I'm consuming. So that's when I'll do my research oh. or I'll read or I'll listen to podcasts, right? I so I go from my brain uh, creating, pulling out, to later on consuming, pulling in. And then the third part of my day is the evening when I just want to clear. And that's the oh. third C. And that's where that. I'll like, you know, I'll talk with my family and my wife about my day. That's a way mm. of clearing the day. Okay. Or I will plan out the next day. So I don't have to ruminate over it at yeah. night, right? Yeah. Or I'll do some yoga nidra, right? Mm. Or some journaling. You know, the whole idea is for me to clear my mind so I can get into that parasympathetic, you know, rest and, and, and yeah. digest. Well, I love that. Yeah. So Yeah. So that's you just answered something for me because I just you know, with the expansion of everything in our business and all the projects we're working yeah. on. I found all of a sudden for the first time that I had like ADD and I, that's not my normal way. 
And I realized it's too many opposing tasks in one day that my brain was getting pulled in all these different directions. And you mix that with menopause, which we'll talk about in a moment. It was like I couldn't, my focus became very, very difficult. Mm. And I just came up with this like two weeks ago. I was like, well, it seems like I should have all of the similar activities on one day so I can just fully immerse in that. And that the minute I said it, it just felt calm to my brain. Yeah, and there's a reason when you when when you when you when you chunk all your tasks, you know, similar tasks together. Like even from if I was to add a fourth C to it, it'd be communication. Mm. And I'll usually do my communication when I go for a walk, so I can get my steps in. Right. Because I think you know walking is, is really good for my mind and my and just my peace yeah. of mind also as well. But um, you know, as I'm walking, I'll do my calls or my zooms. You know, I'm on my phone and I'll chunk like two hours together and yes. get my walk in and get my steps in, but then also communicate with all the people I need yeah. to. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah. I, I When I go for a walk, I talk to everybody that I need to talk to and then I come back and I'm like, okay, now I've, I've communicated. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's really smart to do it that way. Okay, so, but finish the four. So yeah. you had distraction was the second yeah. one. So you have digital deluge, digital distraction. So digital deluge is why we teach accelerated learning, speed reading. The digital distraction is why we focus on, there's you know, a whole chapter on focus and concentration, which we could go into. The third area is uh, something called digital dementia. And this is a term mm-hmm. in healthcare where it's the high reliance in today's current society on our devices and using mm-hmm. them as external memory storage so Uh, like just think about you know i'm in i'm in in my 50s i'm I'm thinking about like how many phone numbers did we memorize when we were younger like like i remembered all of them yeah right because we'd had no i still remember my childhood yeah isn't that interesting your long-term memory yeah and but how many phone numbers do you recall today like now no yeah most so on that one that's so fascinating is that I can tell you my husband's cell because it's been the same forever. I can tell you my daughter's cell because we weren't so heavily reliant on our phones when she mm-hmm. got her phone. I can't tell you my son's cell number at all. I can't even begin to tell you the number. Wow. Because by the time he got a cell phone, I yeah, already the- had, a, had a phone that could just memorize it and yeah. send it. Well, that's, that's what they're saying. Uh, digital dementia is the high reliance on you know, the memory. So your brain is like, you know, it's an organ, obviously, but it acts more like a muscle. Yeah. And it's use it or lose it. Right. And, and not that I want to memorize uh, 500 numbers, right? right? 500 phone numbers. But it should be concerning we've lost the ability to remember one number, right. you know, or a PIN number or a passcode or a seed phrase or, or a conversation we just had or something right. we were supposed to do or something we we're supposed to buy or someone's name we, that we just heard. Right. Right. And I believe there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's more a trained memory and an untrained memory, meaning that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be able to have to memorize all these things, but I want to keep the ability. But it's the equivalent of, you know, if your office is or your apartment's on the fourth floor, yes, you could take an elevator mm. or you could take the stairs, right? And the elevator is much more convenient, just like mm. it. Those your phone is very convenient, mm-hmm. but you don't want it to be crippling at the same time where right. we're not getting the physical exercise or the mental exercise. For sure. If you have to go to the bank and it's 10 blocks away, we could top in the car or jump into a lift, yeah. you know, or, or we could, or we could walk it. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, and then we get our steps in. That's another way. Even when I'm going to store something, I'll park, you know, far away and I could get to, you know, get extra steps in. Yeah. Um, but it's not as convenient. But I also want a level of physical and mental fitness also as well. Yeah. So that's the digital dementia. And that's why we, you know, memory is such a big focus. And I believe two of the most costly words many are like, I forgot. 
Right. And if we think about the consequence of us saying, like, I forgot to do it, I forgot to bring it, yes. I forgot that meeting, I forgot what I just read, you know, I forgot yeah. that person's name. And on the other side, you know, when you can remember something, life gets so much easier. When you can remember facts oh, yeah. and finger figures, foreign languages, oh, give, yeah. give a talk without notes or a teleprompter, you know, remember client information and product information, names and faces. You know, I feel like in today's expert economy, because nobody yeah. who's listening to this, it's not like it was hundreds of years ago where it was our brute strength, mm, you know, going yeah. out in fields and everything. Today's oh, your brain yeah. strength. You're right. Today you're not compensated so much for your muscle power. Today it's your, it's your mind power. Yeah. And the faster you can learn, the faster you can earn. Because knowledge today is not only yeah. power, it's profit. You know, there's this gap of, yes, there's a gap between those who have and those who don't have. But there's also a gap between those who know stuff and those mm. who don't know stuff. So true. Right, and the people I'm, I'm preaching in the choir for people listening because they're dedicated to learning and education. For sure. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like nowadays we have to really realize that we're the pilot of our brains, we're not the passenger. Yeah. So that's number three, and then the fourth one I made to fit the D's because there's digital deluge, <laughs> distraction, dementia. It's something called digital deduction. You know, mm -hmm. I, I saw this study where children. This is the first time this generation where they had they scored um, worse than the previous generation on on uh, on rational ability logic and mm. so on critical thinking and they tested it to uh, to technology because the technology is doing all the thinking for us oh, my you think gosh. about algorithms or you think about even just getting from here to there using GPS right that's oh, visual gosh. that's a form of visual spatial intelligence yeah. but you know how many times uh, and there was a study done you know in with London taxi drivers that we talk, we do a lot of research and talk about it in the um, talk, uh, promote a lot of the research. Um, but in London, they have these taxi drivers that just have an incredible, they have to memorize all the, all the streets, mm. right? And, and, and literally their brain reflects that. Meaning, you know, you've, you've heard that the term, you know, neurons have fire together, they wire right. together, but they actually have part of their brains that's more dense. And it's because that, you know, through learning, in yeah. new learnings that actually led to that. And same thing with, uh, you know, but if you don't know how to get from here to there, or you've done it a few times, but if you don't have your app open, your maps or something, people don't know what to do. And right. so we're not exercising, you know, our minds the right. same, yeah, you know? Crazy. So again, convenience, and I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm all for technology. You know, technology is not necessarily good or bad. Like fire is a form of technology. It can mm. cook your food or it could burn down your home, right? It's just how it's how it's applied. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I wanna talk about neuroplasticity because yeah. this is another one that I've been thinking a lot, especially in terms of the menopausal brain, yeah. but I'm pretty sure I think about it in these terms because I have a menopausal brain. But as we were discussing, the research that I've seen on what happens to women after 40 is that we are losing, one of the hormones we're losing is estradiol. So estradiol stimulated dopamine, serotonin, acetylcholine, oxytocin, BDNF, like a, a whole array of neurochemicals. So when we lose one hormone, we're not just losing that one hormone, we're losing all these other neurochemicals, which is contributing to depression, anxiety, uh, memory loss, a lack of focus. But the neuroplastic part is really interesting to me because estradiol stimulated this brain-derived neurotropic factor that allowed our brains to be more neuroplastic and to ha be able to hold on to new information. So when it's gone, my theory is that we've got to put ourselves in environments more often than ever in our whole entire life to keep that neuroplasticity going. Yeah. 
So if you were talking to a, well, I'm 54, so to a 54-year-old woman mm -hmm. who is really struggling to hold on to information and can, can resonate with what I just said, what do we have based off of science to be able yeah. to improve this neuroplastic quality that our brain does so well with? Yeah, I mean, certainly with the BDNF, you know, it's like fertilizer for neuroplasticity, for right. neurogenesis, especially in the hippocampus where memory is happening. Um, so, so some research suggests about one third of our brain's performance is predetermined by genetics and biology. There's a physiological mm. part. Two thirds is in our influence, you know, mm. and so I could go through these 10 things that really can move the, the needle because everybody wants to know what's the magic pill, right? Yep. But there there is no magic pill. There is a process though, right? Mm -hmm. And so when when I speak at events, I'll do these demonstrations. Well, I'll have 50 people stand up and pass around a microphone and introduce themselves and I'll memorize their names or they'll give me a hundred random numbers or words. And, you know, I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's possible because mm. the truth is, and we've been teaching this for 30 plus years. And we have students in every country in our online academy, you know, so we have a lot of data is we could grow older, but in some ways we could grow wiser, right? Mm -hmm. And so regardless of our age, our background, career, educational, financial situation, gender, history, IQ, we can, we could, we can make in marked improvements because right. we're grossly underestimating our own capabilities. Yes. So um, I'll give the 10, we could turn this into a little masterclass. Okay, great. <laughs> um, people could take notes. And so I'll, I'll share with you the 10 things that will help you have more of a limitless brain. Um, I don't think anyone's going to debate any of them, but remember just... Awareness is a starting point for any kind of change. And what I would ask sure. people to do is when I suggest this, just people could rate themselves on a piece of paper zero to 10. How much energy and attention and mm. effort am I putting towards these? And we'll go through them rapid fire. Great, love it. So in no particular order, uh, a good brain diet, right? Okay. Uh, what you eat matters, especially for your, your gray matter, right? There, there's yeah. a whole area of science. We talk about it in our podcasts and at multiple episodes on, on neuronutrition, that mm. uh, while your brain is part of your body, it also requires some, um, you know, different, sometimes different nutrients, you know, in percentages. And so um, some of my favorite brain foods, I don't know what, what yours would be. Um, and I can show people a fun way how to memorize them. But um, avocados. Oh, I love avocados. Yeah. yeah. Anything fat oriented, right? Yeah. And I just had this right across the street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, some guacamole. But um, so avocados, the monounsaturated fat. Um, and we don't have to go through all the details. But set number two, uh, I, I'm a big berry fan. Yeah. You know, mulberries, blueberries. I like to call them brain berries. Yeah. Very uh, oh, high in antioxidants, very neuroprotective. Uh, broccoli, mm. you know, the, the sulforaphane. Uh, especially if you sprout them, but broccoli uh, is, is, is considered brain food. Some, some people see uh, uh, olive oil mm. as being supportive yeah. for, for brain health and Mediterranean diet. Uh, eggs, you know, oh, if yeah. people die, if their diet allows the choline in eggs, you know, which leads to acetylcholine, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's like a multivitamin. Right. Um, green leafy vegetables. Uh, some, if, if people, now everybody, again, when we're talking about diet is all bio-individual, right? Mm -hmm. Some people have, you know, allergic, uh, they don't digest it as well, but kale and spinach, um, your fatty fishes, sardines, oh, yeah. wild salmon, yeah. um, another food, turmeric, um, the, the curcumin, you know, anti-inflammatory effects. Um, and then just what, to, to- What do you think of walnuts? Everybody says if it looks like yeah, a braid, yeah, then yeah, it's yeah. got to feed I'll, the braid. Let's make that number nine. Wal yeah. Walnuts, they're high in vitamin E. Um, a, lot, a lot of nuts could fall in that category. And then uh, dark chocolate. Yeah. Oh, you know, yes. and yeah. not milk chocolate, not high in sugar. Uh, generally- and I'm oversimplifies. And things that generally have an uplift, you know, in your mood tend to be good for your mind. Mm. So I've teamed up with Tony Horton. 
Do you know Tony Horton? He was the creator of P90X, one of the most revolutionary at-home fitness programs. And we created together a new fitness program called Power Sync 60. And it is literally, this program's never been done. It is a revolutionary 60-day program for both men and women. So here's why I want you to join us is that we literally created PowerSync 60 with you in mind. So it doesn't matter if you're a cycling woman, a postmenopausal woman, or a man. One of the things I brought to Tony was that when we work out, we have to think about our hormones. And he had never done that in the millions of workouts that he's created in his lifetime. We also included a free bonus meal plan and a customized tailor way you can eat right for yourself. Also, of course, we put some fasting in there and it was a beautiful meeting of the minds. So I, it, this is like a passion project that I'm so excited to share with you. And in order to get it, all you got to do is visit drmindy.org and use the code PS60PELS. So PS60 and then my last name, PELS, P-E-L-Z, to get 20% off. And you get lifetime access to the program. So that's drmindy.org, and you use the code PS60PELS to join all of us. I'm actually doing this myself right now. So come join me, my community, on this incredible journey. I am so proud to bring this to you. Here's a fun way of memorizing these 10 things for everyone. Here's like a little memory trick. The largest chapter of the book is, uh, I wrote, is memory, and I wrote it mm. in Greece. Um, you know, I was there for a month and it was, I realized that, that the, I wanted to know what did ancient, so we pull on in my work, uh, all the late, the latest, uh, science and mm. neuroscience, adult learning theory and so on, but also ancient wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, what did people do when they didn't have technology to memorize things? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have a printing press to pass on information. And I found out the ancient Greeks had a 2,500 year old technique. Um, and, and it's, it's, uh, purported by, a a Greek orator named Simonides. He gave a poetry reading. He left the building. Something tragic happened. The building collapsed and no one survived. And because he was the only survivor, he had the responsibility of helping family members identify their lost loved ones. Oh, wow. And he was able to do it, though, because he remembered where they were all sitting. Mm. And we realized that we remember things really well based on location. Even if you forget someone's name, you ask yourself, oh, yeah. where do I know this person from? And so this technique, they call it the memory palace. So we're going to use the memory palace right now, and I'll teach you how to memorize these 10 foods, right? And the reason why I do this also is to turn this into a masterclass is, remember, there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's a trained memory and untrained. This is a way of training your memory. Okay. All right. Um, So very, very simple. You need places and you need place you need places to store information and you need that information turned into a picture okay. cuz we tend to remember things better when we can see it right. in our mind's eye yeah um just like with faces yeah. we're much better with faces cuz you get to see the face right. and you forgot what you heard if so you heard true. it in the name and uh, you always go to someone and say, you know, I remember your face, but I forgot your name. Yeah, yeah. You never go to the opposite. You never say to someone, I remember your name, but I forgot your <laughs> it's face. It's so right? true. Yeah. I've never said that. Never. <laughs> so we'll, we'll use uh, 10 places. You could use your home if you okay. want or your office. In this case, let's use our body. Okay. Everyone, I encourage everyone to do this. So we're going to take 10 places on our body from top to bottom. Okay. Right? And uh, we'll just say it out loud so we get the verbal memory and in the kinesthetic memory. So you okay. touch that place. So one is top. So you could touch your top and say top. Top. All right. Two is nose. Nose. And we're just going down the body. I encourage everyone who's listening to do this also. Three is mouth. Mouth. Four, ears. Ears. Five, throat. Five, throat. 
five threat. Right. So that we're halfway there to 10, right? To 10 brain foods. So top. Top. Nose. Nose. Mouth. Mouth. Ears. Ears. Throat. Throat. Okay. Six shoulders. Shoulders. Seven collar. Collars. Eight are your fingers. Okay. Fingers. Nine is your belly. Belly. And 10 is your bottom. Bottom. Great. So that's 10. So that's the first thing. You you create 10 places. Now we take the information and, well, yeah, just remember PI, P-I-E. The P is the place, 10 places. PI is not a brain food, by the way. (laughs) Just so we're clear. (laughs) The I is imagine. So we're imagining. And then the E is entwine, which means we're going to, entwining is when you're putting things together. What are we going to put together? The P and the I, the place and the image. Okay. So the image is going to be the food. So that the so what was the the, the the first location? It was the top, top right? Yeah. And I want you to remember avocados. Okay. So in a fun way, you pretend you're eight years old again and use your imagination and use some emotion and be playful about it. So imagine you're using guacamole as a scalp conditioner. Oh my gosh, right? that's great. And you don't have to see it a lot. If you did it once, you would see, you would remember yeah. it, right? right? Second place is your what? Nose. Nose. And the second brain food were blueberries. So okay. I would imagine you're sneezing and blueberries come out of your nose. Oh, yeah. What does that smell like? What does that feel like? Yeah. And again, if you say, if people think like listening, they're like, that's so childish. How fast are, who are the fastest learners? Oh, yeah. Children, yeah. right? And they do it playfully. Exactly. And so we're playing also, yeah. right? Because some people say, oh, I stopped playing because I grew older. And I'm like, no, the opposite. You grew older because you stopped playing, Ooh, right? So and so uh, number three is what? Mouth. Mouth. And the third brain food we talked about was broccoli. So imagine a big, like, like I don't know, broccoli sprouts or a big piece of broccoli in your teeth. That's so embarrassing, right? Oh, yeah. But just make it bigger, right? Yeah. What does that taste like, feel like? Four is what? It was ears. your ears and olive oil. So just imagine maybe earrings with olives made out of olives or yeah. clean your ears with olive oil, yeah. whatever it is. Okay, just, you just picture it once you get it. Okay. Number five is what? Was your throat? throat. And then it was the brain food were uh, eggs. Eggs. So... Okay. Imagine, I don't, there's no Adam's apple. Maybe there's a hard boiled egg. Yeah, I was going to say, I could see a hard boiled yeah, egg perfect. sticking out of your thyroid gland. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that lands for me. So we're halfway there. And see, even if you could think about like what was on top of my head, the food comes yes, there, right? Avocado, and then, yeah. And then Blueberry. your nose. So after five, you have six your shoulders. Okay. And those are your green leafy vegetables. So um, kale and spinach. Maybe yeah. shoulder pads made of kale and spinach, <laughs> right? Very 80s. Seven is. Your collar, and that was the fatty fish. So imagine a collar made out of salmon sushi okay. or sardines. Like a bow tie. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it's a week old. Oh, no. <laughs> see, that yeah. makes it, yeah. Okay, you you're it. getting more descriptive. Yeah. I see what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. The more vivid, the more of your nervous system you're going to recruit. Yeah. Have you ever gone to the store to buy one thing and you come back with two bags full of things? Yes. Except for that one thing that you went to the yes. store originally for? This is a great way of having your, your list here. And I'm going to show you how you could use this for anything, like a speech or anything else. So seven was fish, fish. on your collar. Eight were your what? Fingers. Fingers. And it was turmeric was the brain food. Tumor. So imagine that golden powder. It just gets messy and it's yeah. all over your finger, in your fingernail beds, everywhere. You just can't get rid of it. And even if you can't imagine it, Imagine that you can imagine it. Right. All right. Number nine is your belly button, and you want to remember walnuts. Walnuts. So imagine you're just outside, and somebody's sitting on the bench there, and they're eating walnuts out of their belly button. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like weird, and you'll never, (laughs) but you would never forget that. No. No, even 10 years later, you'd be telling people about it. Right. And then finally, the 10th place is your what? Bottom. Your bottom, dark chocolate. And you don't have to, nobody has to share (laughs) online or on YouTube or anything, but just imagine dark chocolate bottom. 
See, when you understand how your memory works, you can work your memory. Because now, yeah. imagine you who are at home, you're listening, and Minnie and I, we, we, we contact you and just say, hey, we're going to have like a limitless brain party, you know, and just while you're out, can you just stop by the store and pick up these 10 things? And you're like, no, I can't because I'm driving. I can't remember. But then you did this simple exercise. And it takes yeah. more time to explain it than it does to do it. And then you finally get to the store and you're walking down the aisles and you go to the first place. What's the first food? Avocado. Avocados. And then I'm pointing to my nose. Out of my nose are the blueberries, blueberries the brain berries. Um, my mouth, I have stuck in my teeth. Broccoli. Broccoli. And then my ears, and I'm hoping everyone's doing this at home too. Olive ears, oil. olive oil. And then my throat, I have a hard-boiled yeah, egg, egg. And that's halfway there. Six on you have shoulder pads made out of uh, kale and spinach. Kale and spinach. Very good. And then your collar, you have a necklace that's the made fish. out of yeah, the yeah, fatty, fatty fishes. Fish. Yeah. And then uh your fingers, you have all over that that spice. Turmeric. Yeah, turmeric all over your finger. And then your belly button, you're uh, eating walnuts. walnuts, and then bottom you have chocolate. Our chocolate. Holy yeah. That was good. Yeah. I followed that and that's I have the menopausal job. brain. I, I followed that, that all the way that's through. That's my point. Because <laughs> you know, what you eat matters, especially for your gray matter, right? But it's it's the strategy. Something simple, yeah. it takes more time to explain than it does to do. And yeah. you could probably do it backwards too, even yeah. if I challenged you. You could go from your bottom where dark chocolate right? Your belly button, walnuts, walnuts, your fingers, you have the turmeric, and then all the way back to your top again. So yeah, that's, um, and then so, well, going back to the 10 keys for a limitless brain that could help anybody and be supportive, science-based, zero to 10, just rate, people could rate themselves the past week, Mm -hmm. you know, how much uh, energy and effort and tension, how well did they eat? Because everybody, you know, knows what would be on the opposite side, you know, the zero. You know, yeah. highly processed foods, high you know, sugar, and so on. Um, number two, we'll go through the rest really fast. Two are uh, killing ants is good for the brain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is a term I got from Daniel, yeah. uh, Dr. Daniel Amen. automatic negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going back to the power of beliefs. You know, if you if people believe that as, you know, they get older, that certain things happen, and certainly there's a reality to it, but all behavior is belief-driven. Mm-hmm. You know, at this event that I just came from speaking, somebody pulled me aside saying, I'm so glad you're here. I know you're this this memory coach. I have a horrible memory. I'm I'm really I'm really just getting too old. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, stop. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Right. If you fight for your limits. And so many people yeah. like fight for what they can't do and then they yes. get to keep those you know, those those restrictions. So on a scale of zero to ten, you know, how positive and encouraging have our thoughts been? been and even if you find yourself saying i don't have a great memory which is totally fair just add a little word like yet at the end mm, it just feels different yeah, yeah. or if you say something like oh i gotta work out i gotta pick up the kids i i'm listening to this podcast they say i gotta meditate you know if you change a little word like got to get mm. i get to meditate and i get to, i get to pick up the kids I, I get to work out and you know and and reduce some stress then it just feels a little bit different right so zero to ten how encouraging and positive your thoughts are because if people truly understood how powerful their mind is they wouldn't say or they think something think that yeah that they didn't want to be true and that's not to say you eat you know you have one negative thought and ruins your life any more than eating that one donut does but if you right. eat that donut dozens of times a day every single day it's going right. to have an effect Right. Same same thing with what we're planting in our in our mind. Because your brain is this incredible supercomputer and your self-talk is a program that will run. Yeah. So if you tell yourself, I'm not good at remembering names, you won't remember the name of the next person because yeah. you program and not to. So zero to ten. Number three, exercise. Yes. Right. That's what I found actually in my a lot of my research yeah. for this book on BDNF was exercise. 
But it wasn't just exercise. It was intensity, consistency, and even breaking muscle down like through strength training. Yeah, strength training is so... Because there's so many brain benefits to strength training, resistance training, right? You have blood yeah. flow, you create a, a dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, you have the neurotransmitter effect. Right. You know, you also get... Uh, the BDNF, yep. you know, which you mentioned, there could potentially be some anti-inflammatory, you know, uh, benefits from it, all you know, as well. And also in terms of how you metabolize uh, glucose, right? Mm. You know, uh, insulin it help could help with ins- insulin sen- sensitivity mm. also because you know the muscles are absorbing and you utilizing it. So so many brain benefits, and also as your body moves, your brain grooves. You know, research has shown that also if you're listening to this podcast when you're doing something like going for brisk walk or some elliptical, you actually understand it better and retain it better yes. also also as well, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know, and I don't just mean exercise. Um, yeah, you could do your strength training two or three times a week, but I also moving throughout the day. Yeah. I mean, that is just, we just didn't involve to, to sit behind screens, you so know, and the, and the water, you know, all the blood's pooling, you know, to... Uh, to other areas as opposed to our brain, yeah. you know. And so I just recommend every 30 to 60 minutes, people take a brain break to move, okay. right? And to hydrate because yeah. just staying hydrated, a 2% dip and you know, if you're dehydrated, it could affect your cognitive performance. Wow. And so, and also to breathe. So maybe yeah. every, you know, hour to getting off the screen, taking a five minute, getting some air, some vitamin D, you know, yeah. moving your body. The primary reason we have a brain is to move our body, is to control our movement. You know, even with, uh, you know, a new child, like just watching them, like learning how to crawl, that's so important. You know, a lot of movement is important for children for, for brain development. So it, I want to I yeah. hold on to that thought for a second. The primary reason we have a brain is for movement. Does that mean that the brain's greatest desire and where it will shine its best is when we're in movement? Yeah, I find that, you know, when I when we do events, we do a lot of exercises. Like we'll do exercises like um, massaging your lobe with your opposite hands and inhaling and squatting down and up, something called super brain yoga. Right. Um, in an area of uh, research, educational kinesiology, uh, brain gym really make mm. it a lot famous, these cross crawls where your left hand, your you know, your hand or your elbow is touching your opposite knee. Okay. You're raising them going yeah. back and forth. It's supposed to potentially increase communication between your left and right hemispheres of your brain also as well. Yeah, it's, it's been my experience. You never want to learn something in a static state because I feel like rigid physiology leads, leads to rigid thinking also. Right. You know, yes. when, when, when you're pliable and you're flexible with yeah. your body, you tend to also be that with, yeah. with your mind. Because I the reason I, I want to highlight that is that I feel like We've gotten all really sedentary, even mm-hmm. more post-pandemic. Like the pandemic just shut us all yeah. down, and a lot of us haven't found our routines. But if you look at the menopausal woman, she she's losing testosterone. Even men, as they age, are losing testosterone. So you're not only losing the that major hormone that supports you when you're working out, but it's also motivation and yeah. drive to want to work out. Yeah. And so for me, I'll tell you something that really worked for me in my 40s. And this was where fasting helped me, is I discovered that I could use fasting and food to keep my weight where I wanted it to be. And so all of a sudden, I had to relabel exercise. And exercise became what I did for my brain. And the minute I looked at it that way, I never struggled to work out again because it wasn't like, oh, I want to fit into my skinny jeans. It was like, wait, I want to be happy. I want to think clearly. I want to hold on to information. I love that. I love that. So I love that beyond... Um, yeah, I think a lot of people look at exercise as punishment. You know, yeah. they, they ate this food, so they have to punish themselves to be able right. to do this. But I love it that you're doing this to be physically fit and also more mentally fit also yeah. as well. 
It's literally like when I ask myself every morning what exercise I want to do, I think about what does my brain need today? Yeah. And sometimes it's like, you, I need some endorphins, so I better go for a run. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, ooh, I got a long afternoon of like really intense activity. I better break some muscle down. Because yeah. my research showed that you will get a metabolite that goes up into the brain and stimulates BDNF when you break that muscle down. So I'm like, okay, let me break it down so yeah. that my brain is supercharged. I love that. And it was really, it was, and I'm a competitive athlete. So like to, to make that shift from this isn't something I'm doing for my body, but for my brain, it was really profound. So it's interesting yeah. to hear you acknowledge that, that that's part of why you, the brain, what the brain wants. Yeah, is, is, is movement. It, yeah. It, it really, I mean, just think about the opposite. If we're just, you know, if we're bedridden and we're not moving, right. you know, how our thinking is also and, that's our, right. and, our, and our, our mental acuity. Yeah, I, I feel like movement is, is so very important. It's underrated. Yeah, and, agreed. And just any opportunity to be able to move more. Yeah, yeah you'll, be, you'll be more more here mentally yeah. fit. Um, so that's number four. Um, number three is, is is movement. Number four are uh, brain nutrients. Like if you're okay. not, get, people aren't getting it from their diet, which I always prefer personally. Yeah, but people can make their own decisions or go to a, you know, get get lab work done and, and do a nutrient profile. But certain uh, nutrients they might supplement with based on what they're not getting from their food. Like if they're not, if they can't eat fish or they're not eating flax seeds or whatever. You know, omega threes or right. DHA's. You know, your vitamin D's. If you're not getting enough sunlight, you know, these are all critical. You know, magnesium so critical magnesium. for for all yeah. the physiological you know uh, transactions going on in in your brain. Um, it's interesting. Uh, creatine has been shown it's to be very very supportive. Very of popular health. lately too. Yeah. Not yeah. not just for for exercise for yeah. a lot of people doing it, but also for for cognitive energy huh. for your mitochondria. Um, so those are zero to ten, you know, nutrients, and then the the other ones are number five is a positive peer group, Ooh. and I really want to just this is something, yeah, it's who we spend time with. We've heard this is who we become, yeah, right. Who we spend time with is who we become. Yeah. We have these mirror neurons where we're we're imitating a lot of times unconsciously the people around us. Ooh. You know, I always tell people, you know, here's an acronym: Watch W A T C H. We tend to imitate the words of the people, the language patterns of the people we spend time with. We start to adopt the same slang and, and yeah. language. The A and watch are our actions. We start modeling the behavior. So it's less of our biological networks and more with our social networks, meaning whether you smoke has less to do with your biology and more does your friend smoke, right? It's going to influence you, right? Because we're going to imitate those behaviors yeah. and then become more acceptable. So that's the A. The T in uh, watch are thoughts. We tend mm-hmm. to have the same thoughts and beliefs of the people around us. Yep. The C in watch is our character. We tend to model the integrity you know, and the standards of the people around us as well. And then finally, the H are your habits, right? We tend to pick up the same routines and habits of the people around us, whether they're working or exercising or reading, we tend to adopt the same ones. And so positive peer group on a scale of zero to 10, how we all need people to encourage us, to cheerlead for us, to be kind to us. And if we haven't found that person or person's be that person for somebody else. Yes. And especially yeah. be that person for you. Yeah. Right. They say, you know, we're the average of the five people we spend time with, including health and money. If you're around nine broke people, be careful because you're going to yeah. likely be number 10. Right. Right. So right. zero to 10 is five, is number five, which is positive peer group. Number six, uh, something people could do for their brain besides the first five, a clean environment. Ooh. You know, this is, we, we, we don't hear enough about this. So we've done just some more recent podcasts about it ourselves. But your external world tends to be a reflection of your internal world. Yeah. I mean, just imagine like when you make your bed or you clean off your desk or everything's in the right folder on your screen, you, it just gives you clarity of yeah, thought. Yeah, you're much calmer. Yeah. yeah. And also clean environment, you know, could also be the air quality. 
Yes. You know, it could be the, the, the lighting, right? Yeah. It could be the water, all of these things, you know, like, you know, or, you know, some, some is the, the, there could potentially be off-gassing on furniture or neurotoxins in the carpet, but just an overall a clean environment, zero right. to 10. Uh, EMFs, some people, you know, suggest could be, you know, um, harm, harmful to our brain. Uh, that's number six. Number seven, sleep. Yeah, this is a big one. Right? It's a big one because it's so important, but not as, especially for menopausal women. Yes. It's really difficult to to get a good night's sleep. Yes, so sleep, and I don't know your favorite thing, but I, especially for your brain, because how's your brain functioning on little sleep? Yeah, you know, because how are you focusing? How are your ability yeah. to solve problems? Your mental endurance? Yeah, you know, um, your ability to be you know creative to remember things. Yeah, because when you're sleeping, it's where you consolidate short to long term memory. So you have long term right. memory issues. Maybe a sleep test or you know at yeah. home sleep test you could do also. Um, it's also where you know when you're when you're sleeping, your brain doesn't necessarily. To turn off at night, it's doing other things besides consolidating memories. A lot of like our dreams. Did you know a lot of inventions and works of art and literature came from people in their sleep state, in their dream state? Like, I like, believe that. Yeah, it's, it's well documented. Like Paul McCartney came up with the song "Yesterday" in his dream. Wow. You know, Mary Shelley created Frankenstein in her dream. Yeah. Right. And so, what are we dreaming about? Yeah. The chemist created the period, the framework of the periodic table in his dream. That's but crazy. But that, that presupposes we're getting that REM sleep. Yeah. Right? And just I was not... going to say, is that what part of sleep? Is it total sleep? Is yeah. it REM? Deep, I always think, is the detox or REM as the information. Yeah. Sorted. Yeah. For me, um, so it's not, you know, the quantity of sleep is the quality of the, yeah. the deep sleep, the slow yeah. wave sleep, you know, the REM sleep. For me, it's just it's a simplified uh, REM is where your, your your mind is recovering. You know, the deep is where more your body, your physiology yeah. is recovering. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, and then the things we talked about: getting direct sunlight first thing in the morning to yeah. reset your circadian rhythm. Um, I can't do caffeine past noon because it just for me some neither. reason I'm so sensitive to yeah. it. Um, so I, you know, if I if even if I did it, I need the energy. I just know I'm gonna I'm gonna pay something at the right. other end of that. Um, also, just think about it as hunter gatherers. We would know it would be time to sleep, and we would create melatonin when there'd be a drop in two environmental factors: a drop in light and a drop in temperature. Yeah, you know. Um, and so, you know, are we making it cooler? Not so cold where it keeps you up, where you're shivering, right? And it's distracting. But a cooler environment, or even taking a sauna or a warm bath. Yeah. You know, and then when you get out of the bath, especially if it's a magnesium, like a Epsom salt, and you you transdermally get in the magnesium to help you relax. When you get out of that sauna or that warm bath, your core body temperature is going to drop, and that's a signal to produce melatonin, help you relax and phase. You know, darker, obviously, the better. Which you know, a lot of people are on their their devices. Yeah. You know, and 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 people's you fool your mind into thinking it's still daylight you know, with the screens. And so, you know, those are all the things. So zero to 10, how good did you sleep the past week, right? Mm. And then finally, eight, nine, and 10, eight is brain protection. Just a reminder, you know, having had three brain injuries before the age of 12, protect your brain, wear a helmet, you know, mm. avoid extreme sports. Yeah. Um, so zero to 10. And then number nine is new learnings. You know, just always learning, you know, always having that neuroplasticity because yes, you know, we could grow older. I mean, after 25, you know, it's not as plastic as, as it, as it potentially once was, but you know, we could always, everyone going to the gym is going to, you know, it's going to get, or or being, or being more active is going to get the the benefit. Same thing with the mental gym. And there was a study done, it was on the cover of uh, Time magazine where they found these nuns and these nuns were living uh, pretty long lives, 80, 90 above. And they wanted to find out, you know, what was the cause of that. And they said approximately half of it was their emotional faith and gratitude, but the other half, they were lifelong learners. Yes. They're reading all the time, having deep conversations yeah. and debates. And because of it, it added years to their life and life to their years. Yeah. 
Uh, they did this study. It was called Aging with Grace. You know, that'd be a beautiful name for a study. Um, so yeah, on a scale of zero to 10, how much are you learning? And for me, I, I like reading. I, I still think reading is the, the one of the most important I brain fitness. Re- yeah, I, I love I, reading. I really think reading is to your mind yeah. what exercise is to your body. Yeah. And uh, and so very important. The thing is, is people don't schedule it. No. You know, like they just, it's like you schedule, I don't know, parent-teacher meetings and doctor appointments and investor meetings, whatever works appointments, but we're not scheduling like our workouts as much. Mm. Like I think one of the most important productivity performance tools we have is our calendar. Yes. You know, and if you yeah. don't put it in there, the day escapes you and then yeah. you wonder why you didn't meditate or you didn't do the yeah. you know, things you're supposed to do. I also wonder if going from left to right, left to you know, left yeah. to right, left to right is also calming to the brain. Yeah. So I like to read at the end, at the beginning and the end of the day. Yeah, I, I do the same. I mean, I read usually around lunchtime and then uh, at night. The difference is, though, I because I, um, I am super sensitive with my sleep, especially because I I travel so much and, yeah. I, and my sleep hygiene, I'm in jet lag and f- hotels and stuff like that. Um, I read nonfiction during the day and fiction at night. Yeah. I, I just for me, I can't. It, uh, if I was to read a book on neuroscience or entrepreneurship at night, I would go in more into my executive functioning yep. and when I want to just kind of relax. That's and, exactly what yeah. I decided to. Yeah, I, I think nonfiction is great to learn from information and fiction is great to learn through imagination. Yeah. And and actually reading fiction actually has been shown to improve your EQ, your emotional mm. quotient, uh, improve your uh, deeper levels of empathy. It's been wow. shown to... Uh, because through narrative, you can shift uh, perceptual positions, right? Through storytelling oh, and, and all of that um, and your creativity and imagination, obviously. And so, yeah, if for those of you who are just reading, you know, all the just the nonfiction, I would encourage you to put 10% towards some fiction yeah. reading. You know, by the way, I, um, I studied under Marianne Williamson during the pandemic. There was 20 of us that were in an author mentorship group. And she said, if you want to be a good uh, nonfiction writer, read fiction. Mm. And it was, she kept saying it over and over again. She's like, if you want to be better at writing nonfiction, you got to immerse yourself in fiction. And I think it's because of the storytelling and being able to convey a point in the way that that narrative approach happens in fiction. Yeah. So. And, and you think about how people improve, you know, pass on information around campfires before yeah. they did have books and everything else. They do it through stories. Yeah. Because it uses all of the visual, auditory, and kinesthetic feelings built in. And yeah, story method, you know, I could teach people to memorize the entire periodic table using a story. Yeah. You know, I do that with children all the time in a fraction of the time it would take in just one time without rehearsals. But it's the same way as you remember the brain foods, if you yeah. still remember the brain foods. I've, I can probably thing. tell yeah. them to you now. Yeah. Yeah. Number 10 is um, the 10 keys for to changing, you know, your brain's uh, performance and health is uh, stress management. Mm-hmm. We know that chronic stress has been shown potentially to shrink the human brain. Yeah. You know, when you're in fight or flight also, you know, we're in our survival brain and it's keeping us hostage from like our creative brain or yeah. executive functioning, you know. And so I would just say on a scale of zero to 10, so like chronic stress will shrink the brain. Chronic fear will actually suppress your immune system. Right. right? Whole area of science called psychoneuroimmunology, making yeah. more susceptible to colds, to flus, to viruses. So we have to yeah. be very careful when we're watching because, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Some, a lot of people are hooked on the news yeah. and they're addicted to it. But I just want to remind people, just like social media, there's an algorithm. Like with, if you're on Instagram, you're swiping through, whatever you engage with the mo- most, they show you more of. So if right. you're just liking and sharing, commenting on cats, right, they're going to show you more cats. Right. Same thing with your mind. Your mind has a similar algorithm. So if you're just feeding it fear and everything that could, you know, threaten you and things that are scary, 
then you, whatever you engage with, you start seeing more. That's and your reticular so activating system, your RAS, which controls a lot of your focus, will start looking for more of those. And you'll wonder why that, you know, yeah. we're, we're in that kind of fight or flight stage all the time. So on a scale of zero to 10, how well, 10 being the best, are you coping with stress? And what, yeah. what mechanisms do you have in place? You know, for me, it's meditation. Hmm. Um, I feel like it's important for me to disconnect, to reconnect. And I, you know, I'll do that. You know, other people, it's, they get body work done or they right. do some foam rolling or they do something, right? Yeah. Or, or relax some other way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. amazing. Okay. So I, and I love that. I love all 10 of those. I think they're so common uh, sense applicable. Too. Yeah. yeah they're common sense, but they're not always common practice. So the reason why I have people rate their past week zero to 10 is because everybody wants to know the one thing, but you could do everything and not sleep well. Right. You know, and you're not going to get the benefit. You could do all this stuff and eat just processed food all day. You're not going to get the results. You could do all this and be stressed out of your mind or be around energy vampires, not a positive peer group. Yeah. So, you know, the whole thing here is, is, you know, we could choose, you know, again, life is the letter C between B and D with the power of the C is choice, you know, between birth and death, that these difficult times, they could distract you. These difficult times can diminish you or these difficult times they could, they could develop you. Yeah. You know, we, we, we decide with our choices, you know, and lifestyle, I feel like lifestyle is never given enough credit for health. Like we want the way that our healthcare system is set up is more like if you have a a problem, we got to bring a big gun in, right. whether it's a surgery or medication, and we lost sight of, wait, no, it's a really, it's just consistent habits yeah. done over time that's going to build you an amazing body and brain. And that's, that's what I just And I love the that. word consistent, because I believe if you're, if you're persistent, you could achieve it. Yeah. Like you go to the gym all the time, you're persistent, you could achieve it. But if you're consistent, you get to keep it. Yeah. You know, and consistency compounds. Yeah. Because little by little, a little becomes becomes a whole lot becomes a lot yeah okay last couple of questions i have to ask you yeah, yeah, yeah. this one i don't think i told you this one but i want to i want to know if your your um your brain geeks out on this okay <laughs> so as i've been navigating my menopausal brain i've realized how important it is to try new things many of the things you said like i'm yeah. putting myself in new environments i'm trying new information i'm i'm exercising different and what i tell myself is you just created more neuroplasticity in your brain by doing these activities, but I call them baby neurons. Baby neurons. And I'm like, if I have a bunch of little baby neurons mm-hmm. in my brain right now from the activities that I just did, I got to be really careful how I talk to these baby neurons. Just like I wouldn't talk to a toddler and say bad things, right. I got to be really careful that I don't talk to these baby neurons in a bad way. Otherwise, they're going to turn out to be like the old neurons, and I call them <laughs> grumpy neurons. Okay, I like that. What do you think of I, that? I love that. I love that. <laughs> it's, an, it's an image. Even when people, you know, have a voice inside their head and they gave it a label, you know, gave give it a name, it allows you to address something. You know, yeah. I think of, I, I love it. Like every time you're explaining it. I could see like the baby neurons and the grumpy neurons. Yeah. And, so, so yeah. I was I was at a menopause retreat. I was leading this menopause retreat in Ibiza, and um, I was trying to explain how important neuroplasticity was yeah. to these menopausal women. And so I used the baby neurons yeah. and the grumpy, and I called them the grumpies. And oh my gosh, they took it. They started using it. Yeah. We were like in a chat together about it. I love that. And but it's really helpful for me to realize if I want to change my brain, I can't let the grumpies tell the babies what to do. I got to be really conscious about who I'm listening to, what I'm thinking. Otherwise, they're going to, every time you're even out working out, if you're out working out, creating neuroplasticity, and then you go back to talking poorly to yourself yeah. or hanging around people who are thinking negatively, your babies now turn into grumpies. I love that. 
Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> you can a, that, use it, that's, that's a mic drop right there because it put a story in my mind and now I can't unsee it. Yeah. When you explained it to me, I literally, if the camera picked up, I had goosebumps. I call them truth bumps. Truth bumps. But yeah, they're, they're, I love they're it. so good. I love yeah. it. Well, anyways, I can talk brain all day. I'm so, that was like, okay, and then I have to tell you one other thing. So then I was like, I should create a neuronal nursery for my babies. Oh, nice. What does that look like? I don't know. Okay. But I was like and I I think it it I think it's going back to play like what I did as a kid like maybe listening to a podcast while playing hopscotch or jump rope. But like going back to that playful spirit where I've got all these fresh new baby neurons yeah. that want to hold on to this information, so let me play with them so that they can actually grow into you know more They can develop and, yeah. yeah, I I love that. It's again because it's very visual, and that that's so that's so telling. You know, I would remind everybody, like as we're doing this it, for neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, it needs two things: novelty and nutrition. Yes. Just like your physical body, if you want to, to build your body, you give it novelty, you know, workout, and then you give it nutrition, yeah. right, to feed it as it gets turned in, and then maybe a nap, you know, for the rest. I have to keep to the end. Like yes, the, uh, alliteration, but novel you know. nap and I love right. that. I but love same it. thing. But same thing with with when you're learning, when you're learning new things, you're entertaining new ideas. You have that novelty. You give it nutrition. Even it's been shown if you actually take a nap or you meditate after you learn something, you'll actually integrate it, you know, really yeah. well also as well. So yeah. that could be a, a nice quick tip for yeah. everybody. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. Okay. My last question I ask everybody okay. um, this season, I've been, this has been something I've been focused on is what's your superpower? What is like, everybody has a superpower I believe they yeah. bring to the world. What do you think yours is? I believe my superpower is the same as yours and everybody's listening that if knowledge is power, learning is our superpower. Mm. You know, like, think about it. Like, every creature has a superpower. Yep. You know, some could fly, some could breathe underwater, some could climb, some could, some are super fast, yep. right? Um, but we're not any of those things. But because we have the ability to learn, we can learn to fly. Mm. We can go underwater, mm -hmm. right? We can be super fast because this is the ultimate superpower. Yeah. So I, th I think learning in our brains are the, are the ultimate power. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you, Jim. I, I could sit you. and chat forever. Can I, I challenge everybody to do yeah. something real quick? Yeah, please, yeah. please do. I would, I would love everyone to, out of the 10 things actually to take a screenshot of wherever you're consuming this right now mm. and uh, tag Mindy, tag myself, and put one thing in the post that you're going to do for a better brain. Oh, just I one thing. It. We talked about like a couple dozen different things, yeah. right? Maybe it's just, hey, I'm going to have more you know, walnuts and and brain berries, right? Yeah. Or maybe I'm going to read that 10 minutes a day, or maybe I'm going to do that little bit of weight lift, you know, uh, strength training, you yeah. know, something or, or prioritize your sleep, you know, maybe, yes, I have an alarm to wake up, but I want to, I need an alarm to go to bed because I think mm -hmm. that, you know, the, having the consistency is important. Um, and also I challenge everyone to do that brain quiz in four minutes. Mm, it's that. fun and easy. It's at mybraininimal.com yeah. and you'll get a detailed report based on your animal and you're going to get some art that we created for you, post the animal and then tag us both to show us what animal you are. Oh, I love it. And I will repost uh, some of my favorites and I will gift a couple of signed copies of our new Limitless Expanded. Oh, and people could go to limitlessbook.com and get that and all the brain training that we're gifting people as a thank you. We yeah. donate 100% of the author proceeds to charity. Wow. Um, to Alzheimer's Research for Women because women are twice as likely to experience wow. Alzheimer's than men. Wow. Um, yet most of the research is done on men. Most wow. treatments uh, in memory of my grandmother, and also to build schools for girls and boys around the world. We've donated. We built full out. Our team has donated to build schools in Ghana, Guatemala, Kenya, and wow. we just want to build better, brighter brains. So I want to 
Thank you so much. Oh. I can't, can't wait to have a conversation with you on our podcast. Yeah, too. no, I fun. love this. And I assume, so the best place to go find the new book is? Uh, you can get wherever books are available. Okay. Limitlessbook.com. We just have a couple of free brain trainings. So you get to the basics of speed reading, memory improvement, and focus. Uh, it's a course that we sell for hundreds of dollars, but you get it as a gift for just getting getting a copy of the book. Great. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I love this. Thank you, Jim, and thank you for yeah. thank you for taking the brain you were given as a child and turning it into this giant because we're all benefiting from it. So thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I love bringing thoughtful discussions about all things health to you. If you enjoyed it, we'd love to know about it. So please leave us a review, share it with your friends, and let me know what your biggest takeaway is.